0: coming up now and established in the faith three kings three leaders led thousands into a valley where there was no water and without water we die the leadership in this country has led us into a wilderness and there's no water there's only death Your Bibles this morning, turn with me, please, to the book of 2nd Kings. The book of 2nd Kings, chapter 3. 2nd Kings, chapter 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 15 today. 2nd Kings 3, verse 15. And Elisha said, Bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beast. And this is but a light thing. In the sight of the Lord, he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Digging ditches in your valley. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, I come before Your throne of grace, today. I thank you for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister your word. I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. I realize this morning, Lord, that there are many that are in the valley. Life has come at them hard. But Lord, I believe you've given me a word today to give to these people. And I ask for your anointing today to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, that the needs of your people might be met. That we all might be drawn a little closer to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And Amen. I feel God's presence in this place today. Glory to God. The Lord gave me this message back some weeks ago, and every message from that time up to today has led to this moment. God's timing is everything. I'll be honest with you today, I don't know why the Lord wouldn't let me preach this a couple of weeks ago, but I've been chomping at the bit to get to it, but the Lord kept giving me other things, and so I've learned that His timing is everything. Just the other week, somehow the radio programs got mixed up, and uh they had to play one of the programs over the station twice. They playing, played the same message on Sunday morning over the station two weeks in a row. And they called me and they told me, Brother James, this happened and whatever the case. And I said, That's fine. The Lord had a reason for it. Six days later, I got a phone call. And the brother said, I got in my truck, and I was going down the road, and I was flipping through the channels. And you said something that caught my attention. He said, and I stopped it. I stopped right there on that station. There was no need to go any further because what God spoke to my heart, he said, and it has resonated in my spirit From then until now. And I just wanted to let you know what a blessing it was. What we thought was a mistake. What we thought was a mess up. God had it all in His plan the whole time. If that message was played twice, ladies and gentlemen, God allowed it to be played just one more time for that one person that missed it. And God moved and worked and touched and blessed. So God's timing is everything, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. And we don't understand at times why it takes so long. Why do we have to go through the things that we go through? Why does it take so long? I don't have the answer to that. I've been through things in my own life and I'm sure many of you under the sound of my voice you've been through things going through things now and it's it's a valley and you pray God please this cloud over my head It's it's there when I get up in the morning it's there when I lay my head down at night I can't think straight I can't Work right, Lord, it's just, it's just on my mind all the time. Lord, will you please deliver me from this pressure. Deliver me, Lord, from this, this valley, this cloud that's over my head day and night. And day after day after day, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months. God forbid, months turned into years. And you're in the valley. When you've been in the valley long enough, after a while you begin to build a house there. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? (laughs) And this Christian experience, it has ups and downs. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Glory to God. The Lord's with you today. He's with you in that valley, because let me tell you, He's got a mountain for you. I said the mountaintop is coming. If you're listening to me today and you're up on the mountain and everything's going great, praise God for it worship God on that mountain because let me tell you sooner or later the valley's coming and uh, sometimes those valleys can be miles and miles and miles and miles long but keep walking through your valley keep moving through your valley because there's another top that God's got for you and if you'll walk with Him hand in hand you'll be back on that mountain again The Bible tells us that the Moabites, they rebelled against Israel. Now that doesn't mean very much to you and I today. But the Moabites were paying tens of millions of dollars to Israel in tribute money every year. And that got Jehoram's attention. If you want to get somebody's attention, ladies and gentlemen, start affecting their pocketbook. Are you hearing me? A lot of questions today about why things are going the way they're going in this country. Despite what the president says and the economy's going great, people are waking up. The biggest subject on the lips of most Americans is the economy and inflation and can't make ends meet. God knows what area to touch to get folks' attention. When you start messing with folks' pocketbook, that gets the attention real quick. And God has touched the pocketbook of the American people to get our attention. And God has allowed this. You say, Brother James, it's bad, bad. I know it is. But God knows how to work all things for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. When it's all said and done, God's got something good. And so Jehoram, he prepared the people for war. And then he does something that's just strange. He reaches out to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Now, there had been conflict between the southern and northern kingdom of Israel for years. I mean, sometimes it got ugly, folks. Always strife and conflict between the two. But when things got so bad and it touched Jehoram's pocketbook, he reached out to a man of God. Jehoshaphat was a godly man. God established a kingdom in his hand because his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat said, I'll help you. Folks, in these times that we're living in, God has given the church a tremendous opportunity to help people. I want you to hear what I've just said. Let me say it again. God has given us a tremendous opportunity to help people. And helping people is what we're supposed to do. But if you don't seek the Lord as to how you should help people, then our efforts are going to end up only enabling them to get into more trouble. So we need to seek the Lord as to how we should help people. Jehoshaphat said, I'll go up with you and I'll help you. And the Bible says that they fetched a compass of seven days' journey into the wilderness of Edom. Second Kings 3, verse 9, and the Bible says there was no water for the host or the cattle that followed them. Three kings, three leaders led thousands into a valley where there was no water. And without water, we die. The leadership in this country has led us into a wilderness, ladies and gentlemen. And there's no water. There's only death. When you've got a president that'll do everything he can to kill babies, and, and the party for which he stands for, not only do they support abortion, but they'll go so far as to spend money and have jewelry made to wear on their lapels that says, I love abortion. Does that tell you anything? I mean, that's like me saying I love amputation. A surgeon having a piece of jewelry made that says, I love amputation. I just love cutting people's hands off. It's sick, ladies and gentlemen. It is sick, and I'll tell you something else that is sick when we're going to pass laws so that 12- and 13-year-old children can have sex changes. It's one thing if a 21-year-old or older decides to have a sex change. Their minds are fully developed and they can make such decisions. But a child, 12- and 13-years-old, we're going to pass laws so that they can have their bodies mutilated Mr. President, you're going to have to answer for that. Democrat, you're going to have to answer for that. Church member that went to the poll and voted for that, you're going to have to stand before God and give an account of that. It is sin. It has led this nation down the road of destruction. There is no water in the way that this country is going, ladies and gentlemen. And the end result is going to be death. Here they are in this valley, no water. What are we going to do? Jehoshaphat said, Ain't there a man of God that we can, we can go and inquire of the Lord? One of his servants said, Yeah, there's Elisha over here. So Jehoshaphat led those other two unsaved kings to Elisha, Church, if you want to help people today, lead them to the Word of God. When you lead them to the Word of God, you'll lead them to the cross. Because it's only there at the cross where you find the water of life. Jesus said, come unto me and drink. Glory to God. Water of life. So they come to Elisha. And Elisha's real ugly with him. If you look there in verse 14, 2 Kings 3, verse 14, he said, Were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. You can just feel the enmity in that statement toward Jehoram and the king of Edom. Now, why is Elisha being ugly? You see, there's enmity between God and man. And the enmity that is there, it's not on the part of God, it's on the part of man. Man is against God because of his sin. Man wants his sin more than he does God. And there is enmity there. And that enmity has to be addressed. In order to address the enmity that is there, the sin has to be addressed. And when you start addressing sin, folks, it can get ugly. I mean, preacher, let me tell you this. When you start preaching against certain things in your church, you're going to have some folks to leave. And if your church is anything like mine, I really can't afford to lose anybody. I've got more empty pews in here right now than I do, folks. But I thank God in the past six months, God has given us some more people that's been added to the role. But you know what? It's not for me to look at the numbers and worry about. I'm not worried about the numbers. I'm not worried about your presence. I love your presence here because I, I, I get strength from you. When you say amen, I draw strength from you. When you say amen, when you raise your hand, I know God, the Holy Ghost, is hitting something. And I gain strength from that. But I am not worried about your presence as much as I am the presence of God. Amen. He said, Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Glory to God. Sin is an ugly business, it has to be addressed. You can't ignore it. When you address the sin issued, then you can bring in the cross because that's the reason Jesus came to die for the sins of mankind. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So he addresses the enmity there. And then he said in verse 15, bring me a minstrel." And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. We see here where where an anointed musician was brought in to sing and play. And when they did, the hand of God moved. Brother James, I don't know why all the churches go through the same routine every week. You sing a little bit, and then there's preaching. Why do y'all do that right here in this passage of Scripture? Let me tell you this. The preaching in the church is number one. The preaching... Of the cross is number one in the church. And if the preacher ain't preaching the cross, you need to find another one. Who is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The preaching is number one and the music is a very close second. The two actually work together. If the music and singing in the church is done right, then it prepares the heart of the people for the word that comes forth later. And Elisha said, bring me a musician that knows how to sing and play. And I don't know who it was, but they sat down and they started playing And the hand of God moved. And it blessed Elisha. And then Elisha began to say, 2 Kings 3 verse 16, Make this valley full of ditches. Life's going to come at you hard. Life's going to come at you hard. When you get saved, it's not always going to be up on the mountain. Folks, we're going to have to go through some valleys. Our nation right now is going through a valley. And sadly, we've got two more years of this valley to put up with. Dig some ditches in your valley. What do you mean by that, Brother James? When I got out of high school, my first job was doing electrical work, working with an electrical company. My foreman found out I was a Christian, I don't know how he found that out. (laughs) He found out I was a Christian and it seemed like he went out of his way to find every dirty job, the hardest job he could find. He had me crawling up into attics in June, July, and August pulling wire. That's where I learned how to stay on the joist. That's where I learned how serious a slip and fall can be. Crawling under houses. I remember one house I Worked on, went to crawl under the house, and there was a foot of water under there from one end to the other with wires just hanging under there where the rats had been gnawing on, and them wires was hot. And I knew if I touched one of them wires being in all that water, I was toast, buddy. God knows how to put you in a position to where you call upon his name. Are you hearing me? And digging ditches, i become an expert at digging ditches. You see, when you dig ditches, that's hard work. Nobody wants to dig a ditch. It's hard work. You don't want to do it. But in order to get the wires in the ground, in order to get the pipe in the ground, certain things have to be removed. Are you hearing me? You're preparing the way for something good. You're preparing the way for something better. And while you're in the midst of all this digging, you've got to have faith that eventually I'm going to get this thing deep enough. Eventually I'm going to get from point A to point B, and this is going to be over with. And they're going to fill this ditch with what needs to be in there, and everybody's going to be benefited by it. But there's some digging that has to go on. What kind of digging? Come on back next week and I'll tell you.